Bring It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. And welcome to Bring It On, a multiple award-winning show in our 12th year as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting the African-American community. Good evening, I'm Roberta Radovich, and in today's broadcast, you'll hear our perspective on what's relevant in the African-American world of news and local events of interest, all in the next hour on Bring It On. But first, I wish you guys were out there listening to us could understand what's happening in the background, okay? So we have these two lovely ladies here and we're gonna get started. The National Hispanic Heritage Month is this month. It's already in effect and it's here. We have two representatives. This annual occasion, which takes place from September 15th to October 15th during the anniversary of independence for Latin American countries, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua, and in celebration of the Independence Day in Chile and, is it Chile? And Mexico. Celebrates the heritage and culture of Hispanic and Latino Americans and honors their contributions to the United States. Uh, the IU Bloomington campus, La Casa, the Latino Cultural Center, an office, uh, a unit of the Office of the Vice President for Diversity and Equity, Diversity, Equity, and Multicultural <laughs> Affairs is hosting numerous activities and events. The keynote speaker for IU Bloomington's National Hispanic Heritage Month celebration will be award-winning poet, writer, performer, and educator Denise Foreman, whose work explores the intersections of race, ethnicity, gender, and sexuality. Joining us this evening to expound more on upcoming events and programs for National Hispanic Heritage Month are Lillian Casillas, Director of La Casa, the Latino Culture Center at IU Bloomington, and Jane Walter from El Centro here in Bloomington. Jane and Lillian, welcome to Bring It On. Uh, thank you for the invitation. Yes, thank you very much. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay. Well, we have, a, we have a full calendar. I'm looking at two pages <laughs> of a legal-sized legal document here, just jammed full of uh, histories, cultures, communities, and contributions um, as we celebrate this month. You guys want to sure. tell us a little bit what you've got going on here? Yeah, I think that's one of the beauties of Hispanic, well, all year round. But during National Hispanic Heritage Month, even though we put the uh, calendar together at La Casa, it's really a contribution of various units from the university and organizations from the community. So it's really brings people together because the reality is it shouldn't just be La Casa who's doing something, celebrating, recognizing, what have you, the Latino community or the, the Latino world. Yeah. Um, I also love the fact that all these different entities come together because um, it also creates a diversity of the types of programming. So it's lectures, films, mm -hmm. plays, there's concerts. Yeah. So and honestly, it's a buffet of events so that regardless of what your interests are, there is something there for you. And I think, as I, I mentioned as well, that because it brings all these different people together, it also shows the, the diversity of people and the unity that exists and the support that exists in this community. Yes, I totally agree. Um, we love 
having IU right there and available. Mm -hmm. We love having La Casa Latina, which really for us is um, being a community group, El Centro or uh, Comunal Latino, the Latino Community Center, mm -hmm. is basically a community group. And La Casa really sh serves as our bridge, yeah. you know, um, over which we travel to IU and IU travels to us. Yeah. Lillian and Jane, can you uh, walk our readers a little bit through the history of National Hispanic Heritage Month and maybe a little bit about the theme this year? Sure. So the month actually used to be a week, and I believe it started with Lyndon B. Johnson. And then it was Ronald Reagan who it turned it into a month. Mm -hmm. And as it was mentioned earlier as part of the introduction, the reason is kind of awkward that it starts mid-September and ends mid-October is because there is a series of countries that celebrate their independence on the 15th and the 16th. Um, again, it started, you know, if you think about who began it, Linda B. Johnson, if we look at the history, what's going on during his administration and before him, it's a civil rights. Mm -hmm. And it was not only um, folks fighting for their rights in education, their rights, but anyway, this is part of also creating that rights for a voice. Um, one of the things that I mentioned at an event on Friday, there's a famous quote um, by Ruby Garcia that talks about that other, and I, I'm, I'm going to slaughter the quote, but really talks about how there's others who are there to tell our story, yeah. but shouldn't it be us who are telling our story? And I think that's what National Hispanic Heritage Month and really all the programming and research and everything that happens is us telling our own story, not letting others, and especially in the climate that we live in, yeah. um, it is us saying who we are and, 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 and just basically having our own voice, which then brings us to the theme. Um, the, the government, um, United States government has the own theme, but the theme that we've been using here in Bloomington is the telling my story. Mm. Yes, that's very true. I can remember when I was young, I think the only thing we really did along this line was Columbus Day, which was a holiday. Um, and it was really about celebrating the Europeans coming to the Americas, mm -hmm. especially the, the South and Central Americas, Mexico. Um, and so this is really, it's fine to recognize Columbus. You know, it's a big deal. Um, but this is just such a rich texture of, of celebration mm -hmm. and in so many aspects, from soccer to film and poetry, um, all sorts of things. And it's always about people's stories, mm -hmm. ultimately. Mm -hmm. Okay, I used 2017 keynote address. We need date, time, location, and a little bit about the speaker. Sure. Um, it's Denise Froman. She, as she was mentioned, she's a, a poet. Um, she's just an amazing woman um, who will be speaking about the intersectionality that, of course, we all have. She is on October 4th at 7 p.m. at the Neil Marshall Black Culture Center. And so... Um, we really, really welcome everybody because um, we've, a if you look at her YouTubes, a lot of what she says, it's not just that impacts Latinos. Um, because I think, again, and when she, the things that she talks about, the GLBT community, the Latino community, being as a woman, uh, racial, you know, um, also being an immigrant, there's a lot of folks. It's not just Latinos who corner that market, you know. Yeah. And so I think she will, everybody in one way or another will be able to connect with her. The other thing is that she came about because the students themselves, this is who they wanted to. Apparently she's, I, I can't remember what the term is, burning up the internet or something, <laughs> or she's a big success. And so even the, 
when we were advertising this summer during the freshman orientation, some of the freshmen knew about her. Wow. So that kind of reaffirmed for me because you never know, you know, if people are going to be interested in someone. And what that tells me is that she's speaking to the students to and even to me as a 51-year-old woman about issues that are relevant to me, especially in today's climate. And that cross-generational. Exactly. Cross-cultures, cross cross-ethnicities. That's really great. And so do you think... Um, She's really speaking then to that telling my story piece. That's, that's She is because through her, her spoken word um, pieces, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, yes, she has one. They're very clear in the theme, each one. And so, um, again, it's regardless of the generation, if you're an immigrant or you come from an immigrant family, you recognize that. Mm -hmm. So what's her story? She is um, from the East Coast, um, New York, I believe. Um, she is a Latina queer who, you know, struggled and saw her family struggle, you know, in, in whether language access uh, or being able to be understood. Um, this whole issue of her um, having to li live a double life, depending whether she was one, you know, Latina or, or as a queer woman. Um, so I think she, she speaks from personal experience, but I think through the spoken word and the arts, it's in a way that, um, I don't know, it's, to me it's like sometimes you can, you know, I could sit here and tell you my story, mm -hmm. but then I find sometimes when people uh, in, in the spoken word and in the way they say it, there's a power mm -hmm. in it. Um, yeah, it's just, she's just powerful. And like you, and like you said, Lillian, in the climate that we're in where policies are sort of suspect and, you know, uh, you don't always get to have your say on the policy table, art is there as the ready and available platform to speak and tell your story so yeah because i think sometimes in the conversation or when you have panels it creates a different context a different environment mm -hmm. than when you're seeing a performer you know it there sometimes can create a safer space because when you're doing a panel or, or you have a speaker where you ask questions it could be a free-for-all mm -hmm. and then that can create some and some yucky stuff. But when there's a performer and then and when it's done right, um, I think it's safe and you can be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jane and Lillian, can you tell us about some community and family friendly events taking place in the city? Well, frankly, our our big soccer tournament is kicking off this coming Sunday. It's called Copa Bloomington. Mm -hmm. Now, um, many Spanish speaking countries and Latino culture in general is very big on soccer. Of course, soccer is, is um, loved throughout the world, and it's an international language. Mm -hmm. And so um, we offer every other year lately, we've tried to offer a soccer tournament for adults. A.K.A. football. Right? <laughs> football, <Yeah>. football, <laughs> um, out at Karst Farm Park, mm -hmm. and it's very, usually quite competitive. Mm -hmm. We have, um, people are very serious about their um, football. Um, and what I love about this event is just like um, I've seen in Latin America, the families come out as long as it's not too cold. Mm -hmm. Because that is very, very typical there. The whole family is at the park mm -hmm. while this one or that one is playing. Everybody is there and there's blankets and they're just being there together, enjoying being outside. And so... 
that's a wonderful event. So we need referees. <laughs> We're still working on that and pulling things together. Okay. Who, who can people contact if they're interested in volunteering? Oh, um, well, they can co contact El Centro Comunal Latino, as I said, the Latino Community Center, 812-355-7513 is the, is the best way. Oh, but I forgot to mention, the day before that is Saturday, mm -hmm. and that's the Fiesta del Otoño. Okay. And that is right down there at the Farmer's Market in front of the, um, the Showers Building. I guess it's the Showers Plaza or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's a big cultural celebration in honor of, um, of all our diverse um, Hispanic heritage, Hispanic culture. There'll be performers, there'll be tables, there'll be activities. It's really a, a great event. Um, Is there any cost for that one? Oh, no. Oh, no, absolutely not. Um, and then later on, on October 15th, we'll be at the Monroe County Library, also ce uh, celebrating Hispanic heritage. And that's from 2 to 4. That's, um, I think that's a Sunday. Is that mm -hmm. a Sunday? That's a Sunday. Yeah. And um, that's a, a great event. We're emphasizing having games that are typical of okay. Latin America. Um, and the next day we have an event where we particularly are inviting our Latino families, and that's the Latino Family Night up at um, Bloomington High School North, 5.30 to 7.30. And there'll be lots and lots of tables of information, and we're emphasizing culture and health and education, all the different aspects, and, of course, always culture. Mm -hmm. Culture is always a part of what we do. And so there, there are a lot of kind of big events, if that's, that's what you really enjoy. So as we've gone from this beautiful um, event with Denise Froman, who's a poet and a performer, and then we have all these other kind mm -hmm. of more um, uh, events where, where people move at their own pace th mm -hmm. through, through the different offerings and find what, what, what's interesting to them. Okay. Okay. Um, I have a question about, um, I'm sure here at Indiana University, you guys talk to some of the dreamers. Mm -hmm. And what is this, some of the sentiment that's, um, in the community about this? <laughs> it's hard to know if you're coming or you're going right now because every day brings a different story. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I don't know. I think the dreamers are feeling <laughs> not surprised, a little resigned, but not, not giving up on their lives. <laughs> Is there so? some programming during the month of activities that creates a little bit of a platform for people to talk about some of these issues? Not really. Um, I think there, there has been things happening in the community and on campus mm -hmm. to help um, the dreamers or just the undocumented in general, mm -hmm. um, but not during here because one of the things, and not that necessarily that we did purposely did not do it. I right. mean, in the past, we've had speakers, and there might be in some of the talks, uh, like Denise. You know, she she might be she actually. There's one poem that she does, "Borders," that does address it. Mm -hmm. So there might be snippets within right. some of these presentations mm -hmm. that will address it. I think for me, and I I don't want to speak on all the other pre presenters or organizers or event. I'm always hesitant because. Um, sometimes, especially the way we advertise all the different events, it creates a target 
And I these are very vulnerable folks. So I think when we're, you're doing something, unless it's an educational component, and if it's something geared towards them, I'll be honest, it's not that we keep it hushed, but we focus on the people that we want there, the people that are being especially impacted by this because there are haters out there. And mm -hmm. uh, granted, we're all entitled to our opinion, mm -hmm. but sometimes that opinion expressed in the way that is just not proper and it's threatening. And so we're very, very protective of, um, I mean, all of us protective of the most right. vulnerable. And I think this popula population is regardless of political opinions, mm -hmm. especially when you talk about the dreamers, the kids, they didn't make the decision, it was the parents. And so it really bugs me that we victimize folks that had no control about what happened. Mm -hmm. So, um, sorry, I don't know if that's what you no. were doing. So there is well, something. And you have to understand too, is all the work of trying to move ahead with one's life is continuing. Mm -hmm. So there are DACA people, people who are DACA mented mm -hmm. that need to now um, uh, renew that, that status by October 5th. So actually there's activities and there's mm -hmm. scrambling and there's free workshops and mm -hmm. there's immigration lawyers available mm -hmm. to discuss the particularities of, of different people's cases. You know, so all that is taking place, but it's, it's not you know, it's not trumpeted here. Mm -hmm. I, I do want to say something that I have found kind of problematic, and I believe the dreamers are, are wonderful, but I believe all immigrants are wonderful. Sure. And I do yeah. feel that there's a little bit, it's not coming at all from the three dreamers, but there's an attempt to say, well, these ones, you know, are merit more than these ones. And I, I think it's, we don't want to go down that road. Right, right. That DACA is somehow synonymous with some sort of set ethnic categories or, or something. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think we, we do, we need to incorporate people into our society, mm -hmm. society fully. Right. So they can participate fully because that's part of the texture of right. our society. That's what our riches, rich, what is, where our richness comes from. Mm -hmm. And we've tried over time historically to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the programs that's part of Hispanic Month, and it might not necessarily focus on the undocumented, but the Asian Culture Center at IU is doing a, a talk shaking off colonial Mm. Uh, mentality and and that is again is one of those things that bridges community because in many ways the Asian community well in a lot of ways Asian community just like Latino and some other communities you know folks who come from Africa and and whatever other continents you know some of the other continents we've all had to experience colonization and we're still still impacted even mm. till today so I think in s that I um it's something I think that a, a different way to approach and to think about where we are today historically regarding issues of immigration or just I issues of how that those immigration um, trips, I guess, or those, mm -hmm. those, like, those, those transitions have impacted us even up to today. And so I love the fact that the Asian Culture Center is doing a program that's, because again, it goes back to what you were saying, Roberta, sometimes Latinos have become the poster boy or girl, or whatever, for immigration or for undocumented or DACA, but people need to realize, and it really bothers me that there might be undocumented people like Asians and other mm -hmm. groups, Europeans and what have you, that don't West come Africans, out yeah. right after yeah. West Africa, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, you can anywhere, yeah, you know, that yeah. are not coming out because um, they've been neglected or they just, you know, just of, of, of the, the, the conversations or the, the way things are being approached. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what really speaks to me um, 
uh, Lillian, I know this is this is kind of just generally your passion point, which is the plural of communities, the plural on contributions, the plural, you know, that this is a very overlapping identity, overlapping com, uh, communities, uh, a very complex conversation when we talk about Hispanic um, Heritage Month. And I love that you take that very, uh, I know it sounds funny to say diverse, but yeah. the, the diversity of peoples and cultures and and, and um, histories that make up his, like Hispanic people in America and the United States. So I always really appreciate that about your calendars. All these areas where people come from are just, they're huge. Yeah, There's so much diversity in all of these, no matter where people come from, if we all could look inside us, Mm -hmm. we would see that we are all one in that diversity. Yeah, there's something that binds us together. Even as we celebrate all of our various right. different values and expressions. Sure. Okay. Well, what are some of the don't miss performances that are going to be on tap this month that you would suggest actually <laughs> you would say everything. <laughs> You're asking her. I mean, we only, we only have so much time in a day. And if we wanted to pick like one or two top things to come and see, um, what would they be? And why do you feel that way? And maybe, Lilia, we can do it as categories. Like, what would be some, what would be like a don't miss um, for IU, for IU students or students in the community? And what would be like, you know, some things that you really regret missing it if you have little kids or that sort of, maybe that approach? I saw one that I thought was really interesting. Actually, it's today. And, um, and I'm a trained interpreter, so maybe I noticed that in particular. It's called the Idioma Callout Meeting. And it's asking, did you grow up speaking Spanish or were raised there? But now, since you've grown up, then gone on and mm-hmm. spoken English and learned to read and write in English, you, mm-hmm. you're kind of not, don't feel like your Spanish is quite as strong. Here's an opportunity to, to examine that and think about how to grow those skills better. Yeah, because especially there's a, there, there comes a shame thinking, oh, I'm a Latino, I should know Spanish. Mm-hmm. Or some of it, too, came from students who were taking Spanish classes, and their peers assumed that because they were Latinos, they were going to ace it or they should know that. Um, and they mm-hmm. don't. That's making right. assumption stereotypes. And so, yeah, the idea came about actually about doing this to provide that, again, safe space right. that, you know, it's an identity if you choose it to have it or not and if you want to develop it here's the space to do it so uh, yeah definitely um that one i would say for the youth especially college students definitely Mm -hmm. denise because Mm -hmm. i really think she speaks to them and i think that regardless of what identity um she shares and whatever performance or piece of her performance they will definitely um it would resonate with them um, I would say for me, and Jane, you might have a different one, but in regards to the community, um, I would say the Fiesta de Otoño mm-hmm. this this Saturday because it's even though we have the event at the library, and I think that's the other one that's really important, the Fiesta de Otoño, um, you get a chance not only to go to Farmer's Market, yeah. but I think there's a lot div- uh, more div- uh, performances. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. It's outdoors. Um, it's yeah. outdoors. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I think that usually, and it's a longer period, mm-hmm. uh, but the library one is also, I think, oh, really yeah. nice. The one in the, you know, the I just remember seeing the, the, the 
the young people out there dancing, you know, yes. right out there on the plaza. And it was so great. You know, there is something I'm seeing, and this is maybe my motherhood part, three short for films about motherhood with a filmmaker, and that's on uh, September 21st, eight thir- uh, 7 to 8.30 in the Herman Wells uh, Library. So just three three short um, films, uh, um, a subject I think everybody can can relate to uh, three different views of, of motherhood and with then a question and answer with, uh, um, with the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And I, I think just finally, the other one, if I can push, is the movie Afuera. Mm-hmm. And that one talks about transgender and immigration. So these are immigrants in which they're, they're being hit negatively in two different ways because, you know, there's a lot of anti-GLBT going on as well. And so I think that's another one that we look at folk... Um, Transgenders, and I think it's in the LA area, and um, some of them are undocumented. So, what does it mean to be, un, you know, hidden, right. you know, and both as your immigration status, but then also have to lay low because of your um, orientation, gen- gender, right. gender identity, um, because of you know, folks hate. Yeah, yeah. On that same sort of. Um, topic a little bit. Do you want to talk a little bit about Dr. Um, Silvia Martinez's presentation on what does it mean to be Latino at IU? Yeah, that came about actually a couple years ago on a conversation where um, we were looking at who comes to La Casa and who doesn't come to La Casa and why. Mm-hmm. And it's, it just so happened that, that at that time, through the provost office, they were giving out grants to faculty to do research. So mm-hmm. she was able to secure some funding. And so she did, first of all, a survey. And she had several hundred people respond to the survey. And then from there, they identified... Um, I can't remember, it was like almost 100 who did focus groups. Mm -hmm. So they went a little bit more in depth. And so the whole thing was to look at why, not just why you come to La Casa or why not, because, you know, you could get some, oh, La Casa is wonderful or La Casa sucks, whichever Mm -hmm. approach, but more looking at how did their identity, how did their, how they grew up or how they saw themselves impact their choice, not whether La Casa was good or bad, Mm -hmm. but more so what they were bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you know, we have people who don't come to La Casa, not just Latinos, because they say, oh, they just speak Spanish and I won't know what they're talking about. Well, guess what? There are Latinos who also see that. Even though they come from families who speak only English, can, they don't then think about, well, there might be other Latinos who don't speak Spanish either. And so it was looking at that. What are they thinking? And, then, and also identifying, in some cases, self-hate or internalized racism. There's some who don't want to receive emails from us, who don't want to do whatever, and is trying to find out why. Why is it? And sometimes is that, is there's internalized They're racism. They're trying to figure themselves out. Mm-hmm. There was so many different parts of your identity. It, that go, that's going on for everybody, of mm-hmm. course, at that age and at my age yeah. <laughs> still. But, 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 but yeah, I can see how that, La Casa could be a symbol that could be kind of a difficult yeah uh, yeah and and then for me at the end it was to find out those things um not just what I thought and what I thought I was seeing but to get some concrete Mm -hmm. and then from there look at that information to how do we do what do we do what programming do we have to do what are our services where we might be the problem or maybe we're there's some things that we just there's not much we can do you know so it's kind of determining how to help us guide us in the decision making that we make at the center that sounds like a wonderful uh, project. I'm glad that IU was supporting that. Yeah, yeah, to kind of merge an academic objective 
uh, question reality. with the reality and the daily experiences yeah, of our students. Yeah, yeah, because they always say, let the research, you know, guide you. Mm-hmm. And um, there is not a lot. There's a lot of research on black culture centers, but there's not about Latino or Asian mm-hmm. or Native American. I mean, there's you're starting to see more about Latinos in higher ed. But, um, yeah, there's only actually two people who've done research before. Mm. And so Sylvia's number three, at least that we've been able to identify. Um, so it's kind of nice. It's yeah. kind of nice. Um to be part of that. To be part of to, that. To be part right of that conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I and I would imagine that some of the the places of the the gap or or some of those some of those spaces that you're asking the question mark in the break, that would apply to a lot of different students I identify as underrepresented minority students. Mm-hmm. Even if they find themselves in something like an Asian culture center or LGBTQ plus center or a black culture center, there's still something happening for that student. Right. And uh, so uh, that's really, really great. But I also see here on on September 29th, there is going to be a celebration at the Union. So it's a little bit in the evening from 9 to 1, but it looks like there's going to be food and activities. Um, so explain that a little bit. I think the students at IU would probably be really interested in um, take, um, and participating in the culture. Yeah, one of the things that the university is doing and try to create alternative um, social opportunity, especially Friday and Saturday nights, you know, so where students don't have to go find liquor or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so this is a program that is nine o'clock at night to one in the morning. I'm like, oh gosh, I hope I make it. Uh, <laughs> but it is, is, and so we were approached about doing it. And when we were, I said, well, can we do it during Hispanic month um, to use it as a hook? And so we did. And so it's a partnership actually with a variety of, of student organizations that they will be doing a series, whether games or they're going to be doing crafts. We're going to have lessons, dancing lessons, um, and a DJ. And then, of course, there's going to be some normal stuff that the union usually does, like the bowling alley and what have you. Um, so that one is kind of spearheaded with La Casa as well as with a lot of the Latino organizations. But there's another one actually on October 4th. That's the first Thursdays festival. And that one is, is also has a, a similar theme of crafts and stuff, but that one's actually with La Casa and various academic and centers like El Centro. So there's one that's very student-led, and the other one's very, like, agencies and departments-led. Well, Jane and Lillian, thank you so much. Can you share with us just one more time where uh, we can get some confirmation information if we're interested in any of the events we heard about? Sure. Um, you can definitely get it out of... Um, La Casa, you can contact us at 812-855-0174 or you can email us at lacasa, L-A-C-A-S-A at indiana.edu as well as kind of search us in the web in our webpage. We actually have a PDF file there. Um, But yes. Great. And how about and El Centro Comunal Latino is actually handily located in the public library on the second floor behind the elevator. So that's a good way because everybody goes to the library. Um, and our telephone number is 812-355-7513. And our email address is elcentrocomunal at gmail.com. And I don't want to spell that out. <laughs> I don't think it's a very effective way. So try calling or, or stopping in to see us at the library. Okay. We want to thank Lillian Casillas. Director of La Casa Latino Culture Center and Jane Walter 
from El Centro for joining us to expound more on National Hispanic Heritage Month, which began on September 15th and runs through October 15th. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Bring It On has an open submission policy. So if you have an idea for this program, let's hear it. Send us an email to our volunteer staff. The address is bringiton at wfhb.org. We want to make sure that we share everything and anything impacting the African-American community in Bloomington with our listening audience and beyond. The email address, once again, is bringiton, B-R-I-N-G-I-T-O-N, at wfhb.org.
You just heard Tom Tom 2000 from the Afro-Latino Music Compilation Project from the Puta Mayo World Music CD. This is bringing on the People's Forum for Black Culture in South Central Indiana and beyond. Are you a tweeter? You're invited to follow the WFHB News Twitter account. This is a great way to get breaking news and updates on what's going on behind the scenes and on the air with WFHB News. Go to twitter.com and search for WFHB News or you can always visit WFHB's news website at wfhb.org. Bring It On is Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community. Here at WFHB 91.3 FM and live on the web at wfhb.org. We have a special guest here tonight and her name is Dr. Gladys Devane. She's been here before and we always enjoy talking to her. So she's here to talk about her new literary project. Um, her book is entitled Ordinary Extraordinary African American Women, The Elders. The, this book is written by Stefana Colbert. So she's here now to give us a little snippet of what's happening right now. Can you help welcome, us? Hi. Welcome, Dr. Devane. Hi, it's good to see you. Thank you so much for inviting me. So tell us, tell us all about um, ordinary, extraordinary African American women, the elders. Could I read this for you? Yes. Mm -hmm. This is what the author has to say about the book: ordinary, extraordinary. African-American women, the elders, is an important testament to the lives of invisible black women. In these profiles, Stephana Colbert illuminates the wisdom, beauty, and elegant resilience of 10 seniors, many of whom describe themselves as ordinary. We see through their stories that their ordinariness is in fact extraordinary. What she has done in this book is interviewed 10 elders, and I was, one, was lucky enough to be <laughs> one of the 10 because I certainly do not consider myself as extraordinary. I do. Uh, I, 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 you know, you might not, but I think, you know, there will probably be a lot of people that say that Me you're too. totally Me too. extraordinary, but okay. Uh, but these us. women represent a broad spectrum. The interesting thing about all of them is that reoccurring theme of education, mm -hmm. that reoccurring theme of resilience, yes. that reoccurring theme of I can do this. Where is it I want to go? And then going there. And so I really felt very lucky to be one of the 10 chosen. Uh, and she will be here, she being the author, Stephana Colbert, okay. will be here in Bloomington on October 8th, uh, promoting the book at the Unitarian Universalist Church there will be uh, a reading excerpts from the book mm -hmm. performed by a local, a, a local actress um, and a reception. And we will have an opportunity to ask her questions about why this project, uh, how it was conceived and why she think it's important. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so I'm really looking forward to that. Why do, why do you think the project is important? I think it's I think it's very important because I think that generation of which I was a part did a lot of things that um, went unnoticed uh, that were very important. Trailblazing. Yes, trailblazing. Uh, and like I said earlier, I never considered myself I never considered myself extraordinary. But looking back at some of the hurdles I had to jump, uh, some of the walls I had to go around a tunnel under, and given the time, it was a little bit extraordinary, I guess. <laughs> but I never, in fact, thought of it in those mm. terms. When, when I read the book and read about some of the things these women had done, for example, one of the women that will, well, the other woman that will be here uh, on the 8th is uh, Norma June Wilson Davis. Mm -hmm. And she was one of the first freedom writers. Oh. And she talks about uh, her, her college life at Spelman. She talks about interacting with Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. and Jesse Jackson. She talks about, uh, and this I sort of blew me out of the water. When she went to Spelman, there was a rule that, the, that women had to have a gynecological uh, test. Hmm. Uh, they want every year to make sure that they were not pregnant. pregnant. Mm -hmm. And she arrived in her freshman year, and she just thought, something's wrong with this picture. And so she said to the women, well, collectively, let's just not show up. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. And so they didn't show up, and she was called into the president's office, and uh, she said, and I told him, my body is none of your business. And first of all, that took guts. Oh, sure. Uh, this is a sophomore mm -hmm. uh, talking to the president of the university. Mm -hmm. But as a result of that, they discontinued the test. Wow. So it's things like that that we need to know, that the generations coming along now need to know about. That's right. That's right. Would you oblige us with a little bit from your chapter? Well, yes, I will. Let me find my, ch oh. Let me see, where should I start? Throughout her life, Gladys has embraced the notion of caring for others, reaching out and giving a hand to those within and without her family, thereby living out Big Mama's words. Now, Big Mama was my grandmother, and this chapter talks uh, all about Big Mama and her influence on me. Okay. Her uh, take care of others and God will take care of you. 
Yes. You are no better than anybody, but you are no worse than anyone either. Yes. Those kinds of things. And she goes on. This is one. And during the interview, this is what I shared with her. My niece came to live with us for a short while at the request of her mother when she was in high school. And my middle sister, Carol's son, who visited us in the summer, one summer he stayed the entire third grade, through the entire third grade. Finally, he came to live with us more permanently when he was in, uh, when he was, excuse me, when he was uh, in eighth grade, staying through the end of his uh, second year in college. And then my brother, Butch, came to live with us while he was in college at Indiana University. Thank you so much. You are a carer and you are a giver and you did follow Big Mama's rules, didn't you? I did. You did? Okay. I did. Okay. So um, we want to thank Gladys, Dr. Gladys Devane for coming. And I know that was just a little bit of excerpt from what part of her life that she wanted to share. And I think she just teased everybody just a little bit to get more of that information. So again, this book launch is on October 8th. The time is 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Again, it's at the Unitarian Universalist Church of Bloomington, Indiana. And the address is 2120 North V Lane in Bloomington, Indiana. So for more information, is there like an email or a phone number that we could maybe call? You want to tell that to the audience? Yes. You may call me, my phone number, 812-360-5475. Or email me at divane2, that's the number two, at hotmail.com. Okay. Well, thank you okay. so much for well, inviting we, me. We thank you for sharing thank that information. You. I'm sure our listening audience is very familiar with you and your work, and they'll be more than happy to come and attend. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're okay. excited to, to, to and I'm see glad you that I'm glad that she's honoring you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Congratulations. Support for WFHB comes from Limestone Post, an online culture and lifestyle magazine for Bloomington and beyond. Explore articles, photo essays, and videos on the arts, outdoors, local history, community events, and all the topics that make Bloomington such a great place to live. Limestone Post, writers with a voice, photographers with a vision, online at limestonepostmagazine.com. A minha história morena Nos meus o sonho só te vejo a ti Tu passaste a ser obsessão pra mim É maravilhoso amar É uma maravilha estar enamorado Escuta a minha história morena Te encontrar foi pra mim um sonho No meu combate pela vida Perdi a noção das coisas simples É grandioso estar enamorado Se tu a menos fizesses me amar, seria para mim um paraíso, mesmo imaginário. É maravilhoso estar enamorado. Linda morena, escuta esta canção. Esta canção, história de minha vida, retrata o percurso dos meus passos. 
É maravilhoso amar É uma maravilha estar enamorado heard Galo Negro, another song from the Afro-Latino music compilation project from the Punta Mayo World Music CD. I'm Roberta Radovich, and you're listening to Bring It On, Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community here on WFHB 91.3 FM on your radio and live on the web at WFHB.org. It's time now to bring you the events of interest in the black community for Bring It On. I'm Leela Randall and Roberta Radovich. Hey. (laughs) Okay. Um, We have three items of news on the calendar, okay? Um, The first one, Indiana's Commission on the Social Status of Black Males is hosting their 2017 Black Male State Conference. The The day, October 9th through the 10th. The time, 8 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. This is located at the Indiana Government Center South at 302 West Washington Street, 
in Indianapolis. So yes, you will have to travel to Indianapolis to hear these men talk about this. The Indiana Commission on the Social Status of Black Males is excited to be hosting the annual Black Male State Conference in the Indiana Government Center South. The conference will open with an evening reception on Monday, October 9th, and continue on October 10th with a full day of empowering sessions. The theme for this year's conference will be Black Males Dare to Lead. Another event, set of events we are so excited about is National Hispanic Heritage Month. The annual occasion, which takes place September 15th through October 15th, during the anniversary of independence, celebrates the anniversary of independence for Latin American countries, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua, in celebration of the, and also in celebration of Independence Day, is Chile and Mexico. We celebrate all of these cultures and nations as they express themselves here in the United States. On the IUB Bloomington, on the IU Bloomington campus, La Casa, the Latino Cultural Center, and the Office of the Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Multicultural Affairs is hosting numerous activities and events. The keynote speaker for IU Bloomington's National Hispanic Heritage Month will be award-winning poet, writer, performer, and educator Denise Foreman, whose works whose work explores the intersections of race, ethnicity, gender, and sexuality. She's a poet. You don't want to miss her. For more information, go to diversity.iu.edu. We told you about extra events, all the events actually, earlier with our two guests, so we hope that you will be able to attend. Last but not least on the calendar, we have a health and wellness um, opportunity. The 2017 IU Health Statewide Colorectal Cancer Screening Program is sponsored by the Strategic Cancer Service Line. The CSBM has partnered with IU Health to distribute information about dispensing 200 FIT, which is the fecal immunical chemical test throughout the South Central region. The FIT screening will be free. That's a lot easier than me actually saying it for you guys, okay? The FIT test does not require bowel prep, anesthesia, or transportation to and from screening examination. The kit is performed at home. Patients return the kit via U.S. mail. Where can you get this information about the screening? Visit the IU Health Alcott Center at 619 West 1st Street or call 812-353-5669 or email the CSBM at safeandcivil at bloomington.in.gov or visit the City of Bloomington Community and Family Resources Department located at 401 North Morton Street, Suite 260 for information. And their slogan is, help the CSBM kick colon cancer in the butt. If you have an event or a happening that the African-American community should know about, please send the info directly to the Bring It On staff, or you can uh, submit additional calendar information um, by contacting us at bringiton at wfhb.org. We want to thank Lillian Casillas, Director of La Casa Latino Culture Center, and Jane Walter from El Centro for joining us to expound more on National Hispanic Heritage Month, which began on September 15th and runs through October 15th.
Our show's executive producer is Clarence Boone, with help from WFHB News Department Director Wes Martin. Our news editor is Michael Nowlin. Tonight's board engineers are Jennifer Brooks and Kristen Payton. Our original theme music was created by Jamil Effiam, with additional background tracks by David Baker. 